welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the 30th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, Increase our faith, hope, and charity, and make us love what you command, so that we may merit what you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Give way to one another in obedience to Christ. Wives should regard their husbands as they regard the Lord, since as Christ is the head of the church and saves the whole body, so is a husband the head of his wife. And as the church submits to Christ, so should wives to their husbands in everything. Husbands should love their wives just as Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself for her, to make her holy. He made her clean by washing her in water with the form of words, so that when he took her to himself, she will be glorious, with no speck or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and faultless. In the same way, Husbands must love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man to love his wife is for him to love himself. A man never hates his own body, but he feeds it and looks after it. And that is the way Christ treats the church, because it is the body and we are its living parts. For this reason, a man must leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one body. This mystery has many implications, but I am saying it applies to Christ and the Church. To sum up, you too, each one of you, must love his wife as he loves himself. And let every wife respect her husband. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord. O blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. By the labour of your hands you shall eat. You shall be happy and prosper. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Your wife, like a fruitful vine, is the heart of your house. Your children, like shoots of the olive, around your table. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Indeed, thus shall be blessed the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it with? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and threw into his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air sheltered in its branches. Another thing he said, What shall I compare the kingdom of God with? It is like the yeast a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour till it was leavened all through. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The first reading we have today, I think it's easy to listen to it uh, and, and kind of dismiss it pretty quickly. You know, throw it away as being a bit old-fashioned or a bit out of date. I mean, listen to this. As the church submits to Christ, so should wives to their husbands in everything. Now, that's surely a line that needs explaining. Um, But you know what? I think if we hear that and chuck everything out first, that we're really going to miss something important about what St. Paul is saying about marriage and how it's an expression of the way that Christ loves the church. So I want to start by having a look at the broader text, um, and then circle back to this question about, you know, wives being submissive to their husbands, you know. So, you know, don't think I'm dodging the hard bits. Now, first off, anything I say on this text is hugely indebted to St. John Paul II. Um, in the cycle of Wednesday audiences that's kind of come to be known as the theology of the body, he talks about this text especially um, and, and really draws out its beauty in the analogy that, that St. Paul develops. So, you know, I think if you want to read more deeply about it, um, you know, check out those Wednesday audiences. But what St. Paul sets up here is this incredible analogy between marriage and the love between Christ and his church. There's a kind of iconography here, a sort of dual relationship, if you like, that when you look at the way that Christ loves the church, married couples then have the example of how they are to love one another. But, you know, vice versa too. You look at the best of married couples and you can see an image of the way that Christ loves the church. It kind of becomes embodied for us. It sort of leaps out of the scriptures and becomes something that we can see and touch and feel. 
So there's the first step, right? Husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church. And, you know, how did Christ love the church? Paul goes on. Sacrificed himself for her, to make her holy. The love of Christ for his people is found first and foremost upon the cross when he sacrificed himself for her. That's the pattern of love. That's the meaning of love, to make a total gift of oneself to the other. This kind of love isn't simply affection. It's not just a feeling. It's a gift. So the first thing we need to do then is to pause and consider what it is that Christ has actually done for us. Paul says this, He made her clean, that's the church, right, us, by washing her in water with a form of words, so that when he took her to himself, she would be glorious, with no speck or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and faultless. Now, how did Christ do that? From the cross, of course. The water of baptism ultimately comes from his open side on the cross. When we look at the broken body of Christ hanging from the nails on the cross, it needs to bring us back to Adam, who himself was put into a deep sleep. And it was while he was in a deep sleep that God took a rib from Adam's side and fashioned from it Eve, his bride. Eve was the one who received life as she came forth from Adam's side. And as Adam woke up, he had this ecstatic moment of joy. At last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This is woman. This is the one whom I am called to love. This is my bride. From Christ's side is born the church. The blood and water which flowed forth from the opened heart of Christ shows the relationship that we have to him. We are given new life. We are born from his side through the water of baptism. And we are nourished by the blood which is our communion in Christ. Jesus on the cross is indeed the bridegroom, the new Adam, who in pouring out his life gives new life to his bride. So if you're a baptised husband, your marriage now takes on a new meaning, takes on a new image, that Jesus is the one who becomes the example of what it means to be a bridegroom. In taking a bride to himself, a husband has found the one for whom he must pour out his life. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. As you received new life in Adam, so too you are called to imitate that same love by being a new Adam for your Eve. Now, when Adam in the book of Genesis wakes from his deep sleep, this kind of proto-resurrection, Adam beholds Eve for the first time and, and has this ecstatic exclamation, you know, at last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. In other words, at last, here is one who is like me. Here is one who is another me. 
You see, Adam had gone through this whole process of naming all the animals in the garden and discovering that, in fact, he was completely alone. There was no one who was his helpmate. There was no one who was his counterpart. There was no one who was like him. Until, having been fashioned from his side, he beholds Eve as another me. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And just as Adam cares for his bones and flesh, so too, Eve now becomes the very one that he must care for too, because she too is his bone and his flesh. Now Christ looks like that to us. And he is the one who nourishes us with his body and his blood. He is the one who pours out his life for us. So, says Paul, if Christ the bridegroom has done that for his bride, the church, so too must Christian husbands do exactly that for their wives. A man never hates his own body, says St. Paul, but he feeds it and looks after it. And that is the way Christ treats the church, because it is his body. We are its living parts. And therefore, in the same way, husbands must love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a husband to love his wife is for him to love himself. Now, take a moment to consider the time in which St. Paul is writing and the culture to which he's writing. And certainly at that time, a wife was considered to be a kind of chattel, a sort of possession. Now, a wife may well have been his most prized possession, but she was still a possession nonetheless. Instead, St. Paul says, no, your wife is another you. And as you care for yourself, so must you care for your wife. More than that, the pattern of love which Jesus gives is that you must lay down your life for her. To lose her is to lose your very self. Paul's instruction to wives, then, is to place themselves under the mission of their husbands. Etymologically, I suppose, that's what the word submit means. The mission of the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And therefore, you need to let him. The first reading today isn't about, you know, who does the dishes or who cares for the kids. And it's certainly not saying that wives are second class in a marriage. In fact, quite the opposite. To sum up, says St. Paul, you too, each one of you, must love his wife as he loves himself, and let every wife respect her husband. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. 
Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.